0: CHAPTER 7 SLEEPING BEAUTY Martin had been wandering around for hours, and now felt completely exhausted. He came to rest on a park bench just outside of the university. He knew he should just go home, but Summer was at home, and he really didn't want to deal with her bitchiness right now. Plus, she was probably the one who had ruined his life by spreading all those dirty love poems at school. It wasn't even the poem that upset him. That was embarrassing, and everybody at school probably thought he was some weird stalker. But so what? He'd been embarrassed before, almost on a daily basis by his mom. And he'd been called worse, again, almost on a daily basis by his mom. No, it was the loss, he felt, that upset him now. Things had been going so well, he'd even made out with a girl, and she had jerked him off. He knew now that all his good fortune was simply life playing an elaborate joke on him, just luring him into a false sense of security so that it could shit all over him again. This stupid thing with the poem was just the start, and he had a suspicion that things were going to snowball from here on. It was the kind of stuff his mom used to do. She would just be sweet enough to get him to lower his guard, and then she'd turn around and do something incredibly mean and nasty to him, then laugh at him as he suffered. He was tired of it, tired of it all, and right now he wanted to make the whole world hurt as much as he did. Girl trouble? a voice asked. Martin jumped. He had thought that he was alone, quickly recovering Martin looked over his shoulder. A man sat on the opposite bench, directly behind him. Martin chuckled nervously and then said, Life trouble, actually. The man nodded. You know, I find that most troubles in life start and end with a woman, the man said. He turned his head now and flashed a big toothy grin, showing off his stained yellow teeth. Martin again laughed and nodded. He wasn't very good at socializing, and was absolutely terrible at small talk. The man, however, seemed to take his laughter and nod as an open invitation. The man stood, walked around the corner of the bench, and now sat down next to him. If Martin wasn't uncomfortable before, he certainly was now, as the man sat incredibly close. He had also spread his legs wide, so wide, Martin had to close his own legs, just to sit on the bench. Henry King, the man said, introducing himself, again flashing his wide, toothy grin. Martin, Martin said quietly. I can see why you're having troubles with the ladies, Martin, my man, King said now. You really don't put yourself out there, do you? Martin shook his head. Well, it's a good thing I came along, King said enthusiastically. It wasn't that long ago... Then I found myself in the same boat. Martin instantly rolled his eyes. Oh, he's some kind of salesman, Martin thought. Although, he really doesn't look the part. The man wore torn jeans and a t-shirt with a faded picture of Lon Chaney's Wolfman on the front. His hair hung long and stringy. Not only that, but he hadn't shaved in a while. So coarse, scruffy facial hair hid his puffy face but his body appeared to be incredibly thin, which really didn't match his face at all. Martin thought that the man had been short and stout in a previous life. Probably a homeless drug addict, Martin thought. Although, despite his ratty appearance, the man looked relatively clean, and didn't smell bad, except for a slight musky odor about him. I know what you're thinking, King said now. Why in the world would any woman... Want a guy like me? Look at me. I'm a mess. Any girl in her right mind sees me, and she runs away, as fast as her sexy legs can carry her. And yet for me, the ladies drop to their knees. The man flashed his toothy grin again, but on a second look, Martin thought it didn't look much like a grin at all, more like a wolf, baring its teeth. And the man himself, although likable and friendly at first, now seemed very sleazy. I really don't need any dating advice, Martin said. He got up from the bench. Sit down, Martin, and hear me out, King said. His voice sounded oddly hypnotic, like a buzzing sound in the back of his mind. Martin sat down immediately and now gave the man his full attention. Who said anything about dating? King chuckled. I'm all about getting laid, son, and making the girls beg for more. Martin suddenly felt a chill run up his spine, despite the warmth of the evening. See that girl there? King said, pointing a long finger towards the campus. Martin squinted, but it was hard to see anything in the dimming light. The sun had set, casting a long shadow over the entire world. The streetlights kicked on a few seconds later, spotlighting a girl walking across the campus green. You can have her, King offered. She'll do whatever you want. Suck you off, get on all fours, ride your cock until it's bloody and raw. Martin's eyes ogled the girl, taking her all in. The girl had shaved her hair on both sides, and what little remained on top had been poorly dyed blue but the brown roots were already starting to show. She wore glasses, but it didn't look like there were any lenses inside the frames themselves. The girl wasn't fat, but she wasn't skinny either, just kind of chubby overall. The thing that stuck out most about her was that she seemed to have a permanent sneer on her face. She did have a nice pair of tits, though. Martin felt a bit dubious at the prospect of, well... Getting to know her, she was more likely to bite his dick off and have sex with him. Martin shook his head. No, King said with a chuckle. I'll admit she's a bit problematic. The man leaned in close to Martin, as if to steal a kiss. How about we make some improvements, King suggested, a suggestion to which Martin eagerly agreed. The girl had made it halfway across the campus, when she abruptly stopped and fell onto her knees. Martin saw something shimmering in King's hand, and the man now spoke in a low, barely audible tone. Martin continued to watch, thinking he must have gone mad. All the girl's hair fell out, but a second later, it grew back, only stopping when it reached her shoulders. And her hair had changed back to a natural brown, without a single trace of blue in it. But that wasn't the end of it. King continued to speak low and barely above a whisper. But whatever he was doing now caused the girl to scream. It was a loud, unholy scream. At the same time, the girl tore at her shirt and kept tearing until she exposed her breasts. Martin's eyes now went wide as the girl's breasts swelled, becoming full and round, with nipples that looked hard and sharp. King continued to speak and now the girl covered her mouth with both hands. Martin heard the girl whimper. Then she gasped as she dropped her hands to her side. Her mouth had lost its permanent snare, replaced now by puffy lips that formed an expression that appeared at first bewildered, but quickly morphed into wild hunger. King gripped the shimmering object even tighter and continued his sinful murmur. Martin almost told the man to stop but a morbid curiosity rendered his tongue silent. The girl leaned back, spreading her legs open as her hand drifted towards her crotch. Her fingers tore open the yoga pants she wore, exposing the underwear underneath. These she quickly pulled aside as she began to play with herself. The girl moaned. Her play became rough as she vigorously stroked her clit. Martin gulped. King laughed and then said, "'There you go, my man. She's all primed and ready for you. What do you think? You want a piece of that?' Despite his painfully hard erection, Martin slowly shook his head. This was all just a little too weird for him, and Martin's face burned in embarrassment for the girl. "'A man of discriminating tastes, I see,' King chuckled, again flashing his wolfish grin." King now cocked his head to one side and said, "'Well, we certainly can't leave her like this. "'That would be cruel.'" On cue, a guy about Martin's age approached from the opposite direction. The guy looked like a classic nerd, big square glasses, button-down shirt, nose pressed into a book, unaware of the world around him. King held up the shimmering object again and silently spoke. The guy fell to his knees as if he had just been punched in the gut he too screamed and began clawing at the zipper of his pants again martin's eyes widened as the guy tore his pants open releasing the massive cock that had previously been hidden behind the fabric the cock had to be at least a foot long and a mesh of big puffy veins ran down the length of the shaft the girl sat up licking her lips at the sight she stripped tearing herself out of her clothes. Now naked, she dropped to all fours and crawled towards the boy's cock. Her body trembled as her puffy lips sealed around the bulbous head. Then she swallowed him, whole. The guy cried out. She whimpered as her head bobbed up and down with almost religious fervor. It wasn't long before she pulled her head back, gasping for air, as spittle dripped from the corners of her mouth. Her puffy lips curled into a snarl, waiting for him to make the next move. She didn't have to wait long. He pushed her onto her back. She opened her legs wide, welcoming him in. He was quick to respond, accepting her invitation by kneeling down in front of her. Her pussy dripped wet in anticipation. She was so wet, in fact, that her juices splashed against his stomach as he slipped inside. She winced crying out in pain, but at the same time wrapped her legs around him to pull him in close. The guy, meanwhile, had a pained expression on his face, but his hips pistoned back and forth in military-like precision. Faster, Martin heard King say, harder. Do it, don't let up, until she comes. The guy may not have heard King, but his body obeyed. The girl moaned, then whimpered, then moaned again, in a repetitive cycle. Then, with a roar, she suddenly grabbed the guy by his shirt and pulled him violently down. Her hips bucked up against him, making a loud smacking sound with every thrust. Both man and woman cried out, but just as quickly as this sinful act had begun, it ended, leaving both shaking. Martin could hear the couple panting, and he watched, as the girl now reached up and tenderly stroked the guy's hair. That should be the end of it, Martin thought. But Henry King had other ideas, and again flashed his wolfish grin as he held up the shimmering object. Martin liked to say he was brave at that moment, that he confronted the man, forcing him to stop. But Martin wasn't brave, and he simply watched as King worked his magic again. The guy pulled out of her, causing the girl to cry out. Martin could see that the guy was still coming, and a thick load of semen spilled out of the cockhead. With a grunt, the guy flipped the girl onto her stomach, and then he plunged the still-coming tip inside of her. The girl screamed. First out of surprise, and then out of pain, as the guy pushed the rest of his cock in, stopping only when he buried himself. Balls, deep, the girl's puffy lips quivered, while the guy tensed. His expression was either one of pure torment or pure bliss. It was hard to tell the two expressions apart, but the bulging muscles in his neck leaned towards the former rather than the latter. He fucked her with the same military-like precision as before, and the girl's bubble butt trembled with every thrust. How about we give them a little privacy, King chuckled, and then, to Martin's amazement, The couple disappeared right before his eyes, leaving only their sinful cries still lingering in the night. What did you do? Martin asked, in both awe and horror. Hid them from prying eyes, King said, chuckling. They're still there, so no need to worry, and the veil will lift come the morning. Are they going to be okay? Martin asked. The man chuckled again. I'd say they're going to be better than okay, King said, especially after what they're going to be doing all night. And come the dawn, they'll both have a new perspective about what's really important in life. Martin just sat in shock, shaking his head. King touched his shoulder. People get hung up on the little things in life and miss out on the only thing that makes life bearable. Hardcore, uninhibited, sex. The salesman again, Martin thought, which triggered him to ask, Are you the devil? Good guess, King chuckled, but no, as I said, I'm a guy, just like you. Martin was a little dubious about that, but still felt compelled to sit and hear the man out. Whatever devilish power I have comes from this little beauty here. King held up a necklace, the pendant of which was a snake eating its own tail, Although on closer inspection, it looked like the snake was sucking itself off. An Arubis, Martin said, transfixed as the pendant, shimmered blue in the moonlight. That's right, the man purred. Do you know the story behind it? Um, Martin said, and thought for a moment. The snake is the son of Loki, god of mischief. But the serpent grew so large that it encircled the world, and whenever it moves... It causes earthquakes. The man flashed his wolfish grin again. A bastardization of the story, he said slowly. Still, I'm surprised you even know that much. Well, I read a lot of comic books, Martin confessed. Do you want to know the real story, King asked. Martin wanted to tell the man no, wanted to say he could care less, that he felt tired and just wanted to go home but something deep inside of him compelled him to hear the man out. Martin nodded, and that encouraged the man to continue. This is the symbol of the Yarka, King said with reverence. The Yarka was old even when the world was still young. It is the god of unspeakable things, and it lives deep, deep inside each of us. And when it speaks, it speaks to us in a small whisper at the back of our mind. So it's some kind of H.P. Lovecraft thing, Martin said, and King paused to take a breath. Teenagers, King said, chuckling again. What it is, isn't as important as what it can do for you, King said, flashing his wolfish grin again. What's that? Martin asked, as the man had fallen uncharacteristically silent. Complete... Mastery of the flesh, King said, and continued before Martin could interrupt him. It can make the old young, a fat skinny, a slut, a virgin, and can even make a nun spread her legs in wanton desire. Martin only half listened, as the snake pendant held his gaze. It works on men, too, King said, if you swing that way. Even a guy with the smallest dick in the world can have a baseball bat swinging between his legs with this little Jim, And he'll go all night long, if you want him to. King dropped the necklace into Martin's hand. It felt like ice, and the cold snapped Martin out of his trance. What? Martin asked. He looked up at King, confused. It's for you, the man said. You don't want it? Martin asked. I don't need it, King answered. What's the catch, Martin asked now. Other than slaying pussy, King said, raising an eyebrow. If you're worried about losing your immortal soul, don't. The Lightbringer and the Prince of Darkness are the only ones who care about your soul. The one I serve cares only about the flesh. If you die while wearing the Yarka's mark, you will simply be reborn with a body built for fucking and the place you'll go is one of almost endless pleasure. There was something vaguely familiar about what the man was saying, but Martin drew a blank as to where he had heard it before. Instead, Martin asked, But why me? I told you, my man, King said. You're like me. Martin stared down at the necklace in his hand. It still shimmered, but it had lost some of its charm. I don't know, Martin confessed. This whole thing seems kind of weird. King patted Martin on the back. Tell you what, my man, King said now. Back in salesman mode again. How about a free trial offer? If this little gem doesn't meet your expectations, then you can give it back. No harm, no foul. Sound good? Martin nodded in response. Now there are some things you should know. Martin rolled his eyes. Here it comes, Martin thought. Now, now, King said, holding up his hands in a gesture of mock surrender. Just a little fine print before I send you on your merry way. King lowered his hands and flashed his toothy grin again, but it quickly faded. The magic is strongest at night and is most potent when the moon is high. Whatever changes you make will fade but the coming of dawn. But you can make them permanent, if you so desire. King leaned in, a very serious look on his face. And there is one rule you must never break, or it will cost you dearly, he said. What's that? Martin asked. Always remember, the man intoned, never forget. King paused and winced, as if the information he held pained him, pained his very soul always have fun. King laughed and then said, I'm just messing with you, kid, but you should have seen the look on your face. Martin laughed nervously, but secretly he was kind of creeped out. Well, King said, patting Martin on the back, I'll leave you to it. The man stood and turned his back on Martin, revealing that King's pants had no backside. Martin's lips curled in disgust. King looked over his shoulder and flashed his wolfish grin. Remember, have fun, King said, before fading away into the moonlight. Wait, Martin called out, what if I want to give the necklace back? But he heard no answer. Martin found he could move again and quickly scrambled to his feet. His steps may have been quick, and yet he couldn't escape the feeling that he was being watched. It was only when the university had faded... Well into the background that Martin began to relax You call Martin heard a voice At the back of his mind say And I'll find you Martin felt as if he were in a daze As he approached his house The front door opened His cousin Summer greeted him Wearing a large bandage on her nose Your g- g- Girlfriend p- p- Punched me In the f- face summer stammered martin barely noticed and pushed his way past her into the house martin his aunt called out martin stopped his aunt rosie got up from a chair and rushed to embrace him are you all right rosie asked joe told me what happened martin slowly nodded it hadn't occurred to him until now just how warm and soft his aunt felt plus he could feel her big breasts pushing against his chest are you hungry? Rosie asked. Martin gulped and again slowly nodded. She pulled away. Now I know Summer did something awful, Rosie said, but try to forgive her. She made us a nice dinner as a way to make up for what she did. Rosie turned and headed for the kitchen. Martin drooled at the sight of her heart-shaped ass and how it shook a little every time she moved. Martin was still drooling as he sat down at the kitchen table. Rosie sat across. Summers slid a bowl over, and then sat down next to him. The scent of potatoes, pepper, milk, and fish assaulted his senses and made his stomach growl. Well, someone's hungry, Rosie said, laughing at first, until she looked up at his face. Now she looked worried. She reached over, and in a very motherly gesture, wiped the corners of his mouth with a napkin. This gave Martin an eyeful of Rosie's cleavage. Martin, are you feeling okay? she asked. You're really sweating. He nodded again. She sat back down. She smelled nice, sweet, like apples. The scent overwhelmed him, and he hungered for more. Her body was a feast to be had, and he wanted nothing more than to wrap his lips around her nipples and suck her breasts dry. Next to him, Summer crumbled the cracker into her bowl. The sound roared loud in his ears. Martin growled, low and barely audible, as a warning. Summer stopped, and now he could feel her eyes on him. "'Summer, this is delicious,' Rosie said. "'Is this salmon chowder?' Martin wondered what his aunt's pussy smelled like. "'Fishy like the sea,' Means she's fresh from fucking, a voice at the back of his mind told him. Sweet, like honey, means she needs to be fucked. The scent of honey filled his nostrils now, making him hard. The salmon's from a can, Summer stammered. Martin's eyes widened, watching as his aunt's cleavage rose and fell with every breath. Did you learn how to make this from that show you watch? What's the name of it again? P-p-playtown, Summer answered, but her focus remained solely on Martin. You know, Rosie said now, God, her lips are perfect, Martin thought, like a cupid's bow. And Martin longed for a deep, wet kiss, something to kiss away the pain he felt in between his legs. I know Angelo would love to have some help at the diner, Rosie said. I think you really have the skills to be a great cook. And I'm sure Angelo would be more than happy to show you how to work the grill. Plus, you'd have a little extra money in your pocket and a great skill to fall back on. People always need to eat. She's not a fucking porn star, Summer blurted out. Stop staring "'Had her t-t-tits!' "'Summer got up and ran away from the table. "'A few seconds later, Martin could hear her sobbing in the living room. "'Rosie blushed. "'I guess this dress is a little revealing,' Rosie said, "'covering her cleavage with a hand. "'Excuse me, Martin.' "'His aunt got up. "'This time he did not watch her go. "'He simply swayed drunkenly in his chair "'as voices drifted in from the living room.' Summer, Rosie said, he's a teenage boy, and boys his age do tend to stare. No boys are staring at me like that, Summer answered. I know it's a little inappropriate, but he's still going through a lot of changes, just like you are. But I'm not going around staring at dicks all day, am I? Summer, I hate living... Here, I want to live with Dad. Summer, we've talked about this, and you're 18 now. You should start thinking about living on your own, maybe even college. You're not listening. With that, Martin's eyes rolled in the back of his head, and he dove face first into the kitchen table. Martin, a kind voice called out. He felt a cool hand press against his forehead. He's got a fever, the kind voice said now. Summer, help me lift him up. Is he all right? He heard a harsher voice say, but this voice was not without concern. I think he has the flu, the kind voice answered. We'll keep an eye on him tonight, and if anything changes, we'll take him to the hospital. He moaned as they lifted him up. Warm, soft bodies touched him, and the scent of honey made him dizzy. "'Look!' a harsh voice said now. g gross "'Honey,' the kind voice answered. "'He's a teenage boy. "'If he didn't have an erection, then I'd be worried. "'Come on, let's get him to bed.' He moaned as they picked him up. He wanted to lie down, lie down with them, feel their warm, soft bodies underneath him. Now it felt like he was floating. The sensation did not last long, as he suddenly came crashing down.' Onto the bed. Martin groaned. He woke up groggy, and when he looked out the window he saw why. It was still dark outside. His eyes turned toward the alarm clock and saw that it was three o'clock in the morning. He rolled over and tried to go back to sleep, but almost immediately winced in pain. He touched himself inappropriately, but pulled back when he felt the large, swollen bulge resting there. Jesus he cried. I've never been so hard in my life, but something felt wrong. He sat up and winced again Something was definitely wrong. He tore at his pants not even thinking it strange that he was still dressed Freed from the fabric his naked cock flopped against his stomach Martin did a double take as the bulbous head came to rest just below his ribcage Martin winced again and felt his thing throbbing against his chest. Without thinking, he grabbed the shaft and began to tug. The tugging became almost a frantic jerk, but in the end it did little good. If anything, it made his erection harder and more painful. He gave up, groaning in frustration. You need a woman, the primitive part of his brain told him, and you need one now. A heavy, overwhelming smell of honey filled the air, and this scent drove his senses wild. His clothes felt stifling, and he quickly shed them. Now naked, he dropped to all fours. He followed the honey scent out of the room and down the hall. In the hallway he paused, a moment of hesitation. The honey scent was strong from the room at the end of the hall, but it was equally strong in the room just to his left. Ultimately he went left as it was closer in the door. Hung open. Silently he entered, but paused again as he drew near the figure on the bed. He sat on his haunches, leering down at her as drool poured from the corners of his mouth. The woman lay with her legs spread slightly open. She wore only panties and a plain white t shirt, nothing more. The front of her shirt had stretched to accommodate her large breasts, and the nipples outlined against the fabric. He wanted her wanted her bad. But he held back, as the rational side of his mind asserted itself. Not her. Please, he gasped. She's like a mother to me. Pain throbbed up and down his shaft in response. Maybe just the tip, he told himself. Cautiously, he got onto the bed, praying she wouldn't wake up. Just the tip, and no more, he weakly told himself. Even as his strong hands pushed her underwear aside, Despite the rigidness of his manhood, it was flexible enough that he was able to line it up with the most intimate part of her body. He hesitated again, shaking. This is Rosie, he whispered. She took me in when no one else would. I can't break that trust. His cock, however, had a mind of its own and thrust his hips forward. He gasped as forbidden lips wrapped around his shaft. He couldn't breathe. Underneath him, his aunt moaned, and suddenly bucked her hips up, pushing him in, deeper. Oh, Joe, she moaned softly, you're so big. She doesn't know it's me, Martin thought. Thank God for that. It proved to be the last rational thought he had, as a more primitive part of his mind took hold again. She felt so good, so wet, so tight. He winced again, not out of pain, but out of intense pleasure. And yet... He held his breath, as if he had forgotten how to breathe. He may have hesitated, but his aunt showed no such restraint. Her hips bucked against him, trying to pull him in deeper. She whimpered, as her pussy lips hungrily devoured every inch of his cock. Suddenly she sat up, wrapping an arm around him, and then moaned loudly in his ear. She pulled him down on top of her, wrapping her arms around him, holding him in a sinful embrace. They were so close, he could feel her hot, sweet breath on his face and feel her hard nipples poking against his bare chest. She used her legs to push against the mattress and slammed into him again and again in hard, rapid movements. Her breath started to hitch and then became shaky. He still could not breathe. She had taken his breath away. Suddenly she cried out, her body tense, and then shook, It all proved too much for him. He erupted, a volcano of white seed, defiling her insides. Mmm, she moaned, a smile pursing her lips. That was incredible, Joe, she mumbled. Her body lost its tension and relaxed underneath him. It wasn't long before he heard her, softly snoring again. Slowly, he pulled out of her. Once free, he gulped in air until his breath fell again, Into a steady rhythm. The throbbing pain between his legs had mercifully been silenced, only to be replaced by a terrible guilt. How could he live with himself after what he had done? He had violated her, defiled her. He'd never be able to look at her the same way again. And whatever relationship they had was now forever tainted. A chill ran through him, and something cold pressed against his chest. He looked down and then grabbed hold of the necklace. The pendant felt ice-cold in his hand, but now it shimmered in the moonlight. The worm turned in his mind, and his thoughts became more sly, more deviant. Well, the damage is already done, he thought. No sense crying about it. He let the pendant drop. She didn't know it was me anyway, he thought. She thought it was Sheriff Joe. Her head lay turned to the side, and her mouth hung open as she continued to snooze. He shrugged. I already violated her once tonight, he thought. So why stop now? And her open mouth was as good as an invitation. He hopped off the bed. He shook, but not out of fear. This time the shaking came from anticipation. He stroked her hair as he eased his cock into her mouth, although he now kept his promise of only giving her the tip. She let out a muffled whimper as her warm lips suckled him. Even in her dreams, she hungered for cock. He continued to stroke her hair, which only seemed to spur her on. She pulled him further in and then let her lips slowly drag across the length of his shaft. Suddenly, she spat him out. Then she flipped onto her stomach. Now she went down on him. He cried out as her head sank all the way down to the base of his shaft. Slowly, she pulled back, intensifying the pleasure to the point where it left him weak in the knees. She ended by kissing the tip and then sat up. Her eyes were closed, but she had a dreamy look on her face. He wanted her again. His erection felt even more massive than before, almost inhumanly so. Rosie, he growled, turn around and get on all fours. She sighed heavily. Oh, Joe, she whispered, you're so passionate tonight. She stole a quick kiss, giving him a peck on the cheek, and then eagerly got into position. This time, there was no hesitation on his part. He got behind her on the bed and pulled her panties down. She had kind of a big ass, but it had a nice curve to it and fit her perfectly. He pushed inside of her. She cried out, while at the same time grabbing at the sheet underneath her. He sighed, relishing at how tight she felt. But here he paused again, as a depraved idea consumed his thoughts. Rosie, he said, squeezing the curve of her hip. I want you to come, and don't stop coming, until I finish inside of you. She cried out, and her body shook. A few seconds later her pussy felt sopping wet. He fucks her hard and fast. He didn't care if he hurt her. He didn't care if she woke up. He didn't care if he broke her in half. All that mattered to him was the climax and the pleasurable relief that would follow. She did as she was told and continued to come to the point where it left her whimpering. He continued to have his way with her and every inch of her body trembled right down to her quivering lips. Her pussy wasn't just wet now. It was completely soaked and her juices splashed against his stomach over and over again. He loved that she was putty in his hands, but he wasn't done abusing her yet. Violently, he grabbed her red hair while at the same time he pushed himself in as deep as he could go. She screamed at the sensation. The scream quickly descended into mad laughter as he had fucked her brains out. He pulled her up onto her knees and then he came finally bringing her torment to an end now he treated her gently showering kisses along the nape of her neck while at the same time fondling her large breasts she dripped with sweat and he had left her panting his lips curled back into an arrogant smile he had worn her out and hadn't even broken a sweat stranger still his breath remained steady and calm which surprised him, as he had never been much of an athlete. It was the power, he realized, the power he had over her. She suddenly shivered at his touch. So cold, she cried softly, and her breath came out in sinful white clouds that hung guilty in the air. Another glimpse of the power. Sunlight splashed across his face, and he held up a hand to shield his eyes. Something at the back of his mind told him, it was time to leave. He pulled free of her, but did not escape unscathed. He had filled her with so much cum that a load of it sprayed out and onto his shaft. He wiped his dick across her big ass and then pulled up her panties. He let her hair go and hopped off the bed, letting her fall face first onto the mattress. That voice, the one at the back of his head, became more persistent, telling him he needed to leave. And yet he lingered. Something had caught his eye. He approached a small slanted table in the corner of the room. On the table sat a large piece of paper with the beginnings of what appeared to be some sort of comic book. Some of the pages were inked in, while others remained in blue pencil. There were no captions or word balloons, but the scene depicted on the page showed a large, muscular man standing in a trance while two busty women fought over him. Clothing appeared to be optional with only the busty, white-haired woman wearing a line cloth around her hips. The picture had a ring of familiarity about it. The man looked a lot like Sheriff Joe, only bald, while the white-haired female looked like Rosie. And the busty, black-haired woman was a dead ringer for his mom. All were much younger than their years and more idealized, but it was them. A faint signature rested at the bottom of the page that read, R. Dawning. Had Rosie been drawing some sort of graphic novel? He looked up, and on a shelf above the table he saw several finished pages. Some of the pages had dust on them, suggesting that she had been working on this for a long time. She was good, too, the characters in action dynamic, and the background full of lush detail. Why had she kept this hidden? He heard her stir on the bed, and now his survival instincts kicked in. He fled. His heart raced. He might have been full of bravado before, but now he retreated like a scared little boy. Back in his room, he hid under his bed covers, and at some point he fell into an exhausted sleep.